Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. Jeremy Branham, not here. He left us. He ditched us. He's got a UH game tonight. Go Kooks. Hopefully they don't lose the Priorities. game. Priorities. Uh, I understand. They're a very good of basketball. Of course you do. You love him. Well, I mean, if I had that kind of gig, it would also be a priority. Hmm. It's a good gig. It is um, a good gig. He does a good job of it. All right, so uh, tomorrow night, uh, what day is today? Well, Tuesday. Uh, no, two, two days from now. Is it? Is it? It's Tuesday. It is Tuesday. So two days from now will be Thursday. And Thursday is at 6 o'clock. Very, that was a significant advantage. That was very, that was big with you. Yeah. Uh, Thursdays at 6 o'clock, we have Game On, hosted by Barry Laminak and Jerome Solomon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerome Solomon uh, just interviewed Jim Crane. You can find the uh, interview, the article on HoustonChronicle.com. A couple little nuggets here uh, pertaining to our conversation that basically ran the first 45 minutes of our show today. Uh, Per Jim Crane, the Astros are definitely in discussions on a Jose Altuve extension. They also definitely will make an Alex Bregman extension offer. Now, we don't know if those are going to be good offers. Yeah, I've talked about this in the past. That's team's first, their first way of getting an out is making very public the fact that, hey, we made an offer we thought was fair. We did our very best to bring him back. He just didn't want to be here. So they escape as much blame as possible. But in no way, shape, or form did they have intentions on giving him what he wanted. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I mean, maybe I, I hope for the best. I hope that the Josh Hader signing was a. A sign of the times. Like we, we're going to push that conversation because uh, I know Jeremy wanted to be a part of it as well about you know Click versus Dana Brown. You know I know that like there's um, reports that part of the reason why James Click was not really um, why, is, why why he got fired was essentially because you know Jim Crane said I will I will let you go over the CBT. I want Starling Marte. Now he did not achieve that. He he failed to do that before Marte. I think I guess that's when he signed with the Mets. Um, but Dana Brown maybe was told the same thing of, I will let you go over the CBT, but you have to get Josh Hader and it will only be for Josh Hader. Like I, I am big, big game hunting in this moment. If I'm Jim Crane and if you, if you achieve that, we're good. I think so. Maybe Altuve and Bregman are in that same conversation, but can I ask you on that? Like, we have so many concerns about the way Jerry Jones is not only owner, but general manager, right? And the fact that he suddenly is a talent evaluator that you don't expect or consider him to be shrewd at doing, right? Mm -hmm. Because he has so many other things going on. If you're Jim Crane, do you not have an adequate enough back of the bullpen that the fact that you said it's either Josh Hader or bust, basically you got to go get Josh Hader, as opposed to what would be a bigger impact on this team, not only for next season, but then going forward. Five years of Josh Hader, assuming that Presley's probably, when his contract goes, he's either going to have to take far less or he's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. But you still have a Brayu. You had a Brayu and Presley this year for sure. And another bat of any significance could have possibly, I mean, they play every day as opposed to, you know, in just save opportunities or, you know, whenever Hader's available. I, I think it's more... This is kind of how like, I almost envision it. Like, I, I envision, like, they're in a meeting room. Dana Brown's got a, a, a yellow notepad. He puts a bunch of names down on it. He slides it across the desk to Jim Crane. 
And he says, these are the players I want to go after. And I think Jim Crane then looks at it and goes, not a big enough name, not a big enough name, not a big enough name. If I'm going to spend this much money, and he circles the players that he would be okay with. I think that's what it's more In like. this case, it sounds like it was only one player. Uh, yeah, it does. Or right? there, or there's just no one available this offseason that he views in that category. Because we know the splashiest of splashy was Verlander. Yes. And then, and then, and then they became the boys, too. Which... And, yeah, like he did it with Granky. He did it with, you know, Hater with Verlander, these guys. Like, he's done it. Um, now, was 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 Jordan under Dana or was Jordan under Click? He was under Click. See, that was a massive deal. It was a great deal. Like, and I, Phenomenal. And I, I think that's a deal that, like, I think that more came, was a push the way I view it because it's such a bad deal for Jordan. I think it came from Jordan's side. I think it's that, you know, where we they talk said about that. players, you know, that come from, you know, Cuba, Dominican Republic. Like, they often, they the reality is they sign terrible contracts. Like, because they have but so little. But he wanted little, it up front. He didn't want yes. to wait until his time. And so you did and him that's but that seems more like it would, it should have been or would have been a Dana Brown type move based on the deals he made in Atlanta. No, for sure. As opposed to, and, and obviously Click is a shrewd enough guy, regardless of, you know, with his numbers and his analytics, that would have known if I can get this guy for that long at that price, I got to do that no matter when it presents itself. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely think that, like, I, I just think Jim Crane, I don't think he is as, as meddling as, you know, a Jerry Jones is, I just think he knows what he wants and what he's willing to do. Like, I think, you know, last year, Dana Brown and Jim Crane, my guess is they're having conversations about trading Drew Gilbert. And, and Jim Crane's like, well, I don't really want to do that unless it's for Justin Verlander. Like, I don't think the Astros would have made a single trade at the deadline, a big name. Well, like, I don't think they're getting Snell. Well, see, I don't, um, I, they I, said they were going to get Snell, but the Padres backed out. I don't buy that. But I really don't buy the the Drew Gilbert conversation simply because I don't think Drew Gil- Gilbert was anything more than a pawn for Jim Crane to get his buddy back. No, for sure. But, and the and the fact that your your farm system was so depleted and limited that you really didn't have any other options because I think that if you had a loaded farm system, you'd have been in the same scenario where Crane just says, "I don't care what you have to give up within reason." Obviously, I don't want to drain the farm of all the good talent. But go get who I want you to get back as opposed yeah. to Drew Gilbert. Because we still don't know what Drew Gilbert and Clifford the Big Red Dog are going to turn out to be. But you know that Verlander was a very helpful piece in getting you back to another World Series. Yeah, so I, I just I, I don't think I don't think Crane is as meddling as, as Jerry Jones. But I do think he I think he clearly meddles. And I, honestly, it's his team. He should. But at a certain like, point, that's why do you fault Click for having a problem with it? Do you understand if Dana Brown in his first go round could never truly say this is my team and I have total control because you're reporting to an owner that is so hands-on. Uh, yeah. I, I, I. Cause at a certain point, that's what happened with Dallas was like, Jerry was going to meddle no matter what. Yeah. And so I, he's not going to hire or they're not going to take the job because they're not going to have total control. No, I wouldn't say I, I'm concerned because they haven't done anything reckless that yes. Jerry Jones has done. Yeah. And now besides, cause even the Montero deal, very bad deal. Hor- horrible deal. It's not drafting Johnny Manziel in the first round, which Jerry Jones was going to do until his son mm-hmm. talked him out of it. Well, but but at, and and at least they're three year deals. The Abreu deal was awful. The freaking Brantley deal, yeah, he panned out late in the season, but for the most part, because he didn't play three quarters of the year, and you paid him twelve million dollars a year, that wasn't great. Mm-hmm. And then the Montero deal was just ridiculously bad, right? But they weren't seven, eight, ten year deals. At a certain point, and now because of what Jerome is reporting, it depends on what you know. I'm always you know, dollars and cents. It really depends to me on... It's great that you can say, I'm, I'm at, we're going to have talks with both Bregman and Altuve. But if you end up overpaying, like like Altuve, you're gonna, you, I think you will. But like, Al- I, I'm okay with that. 
I don't, Bregman's got to play no, well no, this no, year. No, no, not Joe. him. Not him. Okay, I, I was going to say. Not Bregman. Because for him, it bothers me that he says we are going to make, unless it's just what I said and it's just a smoke screen to say we're done, but we made an effort. Yeah. That's fine. But I don't think that you need Alex Bregman back, but I think truly for a lot of reasons you need Altuve back. It's just there are certain players that just, they, they, they defy everything that you should think of a contract and what it means to a franchise to keep that player there. Like you brought up dream earlier. Like if you like every time people talk about what's the weirdest jerseys, the weirdest photos you're seeing, it's like the number one of the number one mm-hmm. things is dream in a Raptors Jersey. But like I view Altuve in the same way that I view Miguel Cabrera and Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant's Dirt contract two. was terrible for the Lakers. They were abysmal, mm-hmm. but they took care of Kobe because he's Kobe. He took care like, of them. Yeah. He took care of them. Like, and then Miguel Cabrera. Like, now it was a good contract at first. It just ended bad. It's Miguel Cabrera. It's the best player probably that will ever wear a Tigers uniform. He got his three thousand hits. Kirk for Gibson you. would like to have a word, but uh, yeah. I know. I just I view Miguel Cabrera in a and Justin category. might want to have a word. Uh, Miguel Cabrera better than Verlander for, as a Tiger. Mm. As a Tiger, okay, I would say. Um, and maybe part of that's the fact that he finished there. Like I just, I think Altuve is a guy that should finish his career. Like I Look, know, like we, it's funny. Jeremy was busting my busting my chops about this yesterday because I said the NHL is the best playoffs. I heard you say that, but like it makes me sick to my stomach that Patrick Kane is representing the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, he's a long time. No, look, like, look, I, I, I am stuff. adamant as well that Altuve has to finish his career with the Astros. He should, right? Because that's the right thing to do. The good thing, the good thing about Altuve, as opposed to Pujols, or except for when he got the Golden Balls, uh, or, or, or Miguel Cabrera, is there's still return on investment. Like to be hurt and be out as much as he was, first with the WBC and then with the leg injury. The fact that he still did what he did offensively and put up the kind of numbers that he put up is every reason to believe, like, at least for the next two or three years, I can see him doing that. Now, you could get caught in the in the in in year four and five. Okay, yeah. But that's why I was pushing for, let's do three and see where we are. How about this? They they offer Jose Altuve a contract, five years, $150 million, like we talked about earlier, or whatever it was. Starting in 2025, they win a World Series in 2026, and the next two years, Jose Altuve is statistically the worst second baseman in baseball. For whatever reason, he falls off a cliff. Doesn't matter? Because he finishes his career here, he gets 3,000 hits, and he won another World Series under the new contract. Oh, it's. I think it still matters because <sighs> I think... It, I understand what you're saying, but here's, here's my rebuttal to that. From a fan perspective, it's still going to matter because they see that... Yeah, they got, the good news is they got another World Series. Exactly. The bad news is if they had that money reallocated or if he was still playing at a level you you could chase another one yeah i just if they win one more world series under jose altuve's new contract i honestly don't care what happens after like like ideally it would be a three-year deal for me and then i'd live with that yeah if it's five that's a lot more that's a lot tougher pill to swallow no for sure uh very quickly here before we go to break because we'll just we'll kind of move stuff around in the rundown a little bit uh from valdez has the third best odds to win the cy young this year uh, in the American League. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrett Cole, the betting favorite, at plus 500. Kevin Gossman at plus 700 is number two. Frommer comes in number three at plus 750. Are you surprised? Uh, no, because I thought that the biggest thing Frommer needed was some time off. I thought that whether he pitched in the WBC or not, I think his intention was. I think he ramped up earlier. I think that a lot of these pitchers, and we saw it with Garcia, and we saw the fact that I think Hunter Brown started to get worn out a little bit. This playoff run has taken its toll in different ways on different pitchers. But the one thing that they all needed was 
an offseason where they could just kind of detox a little bit. And I think that, yeah, they still made it to another World Series. But I think more so than anybody else, Fromber needed some time this offseason to just kind of let things settle down. And I think that obviously he's going to be chasing money in the future too. Mm-hmm. I think he will come back with a vengeance. I think that the biggest question is going to be Yiner catching him. But I think that overall his stuff still translates. It's still some of the best stuff in baseball when he's on his game. And so I could see what, and again, he's going to be pitching for a winning team and wins matter. And obviously with that team behind him, he's going to get a lot more wins than most. It would not shock me. Like I, even though I'm, I'm officially, I've, I've been, I've said it. I'm team. Do not give him an extension. Uh, I just, to me, he's too mentally weak. I don't know if that's mean, whatever to do that. It still does not. It, those odds are correct. Now, did I place a, a plus 1000 bet? Cause I saw these odds too. I sent my buddy some money in Chicago where these odds were at because they're on DraftKings. I sent him a hundred bucks to on Corbin Burns plus a thousand because I love that move for the Baltimore Orioles. It was big for them. That's a massive. He gets deal. out of just a penny pinching organization. That's your threat for the Astros yeah. this year. Yeah, they're going to be really good. I mean, look, they, they are. They literally they sold their team, and their new owner told Mike Elias, formerly of the Astros, yeah. you get to now be the Astros. Like they didn't even trade one of their top like three prospects. That that's all fine and dandy, but they had some guys that had career years when they acquired them, and last year that have to keep performing. Yeah, Rushman's a a no brainer, but you know Santander, guys like that, they have to keep performing. Guys that they acquired that went through the roof. Yeah, their bullpen still kind of have to keep performing. But that was a very savvy move. Yeah, I think I think they're I think that the AL my American League prediction this year uh, for the ALCS will be the Astros versus the Orioles. I'm already good with it. I don't know who's going to win it yet, but. I'm already locked in on that. the Astros Orioles in the ALCS this year. All right, coming up next, if the if the Texans this offseason could acquire a player like Christian McCaffrey, who would you want it to be, and how much are you willing to give up? That's next on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. The show name is a reference to how many great Astros' last name begin with the letter B who were playing back in the 90s when they were not winning World Series. Bagwell, Biggio, Barry, Bell, and eventually Bergman. You might not remember Barry and Bell, but trust me, you remember Blank and Brenham. Here they are now, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Joe George in for Jeremy Branham, alongside Joel Blank. Uh, Jeremy couldn't be bothered to work a full day, so he left us. He'll be back tomorrow, though, at 3 o'clock. Who's got a basketball game coming up? His ammo goes against him. Um, but that's the ammo he normally throws your way. Yeah, I know. I gotta throw it back a little bit. I'm surprised you haven't come out with wrong answers yeah, only. No worries, Jeremy going, Branham. But we know where he's going. My dad thinks that's like the funniest thing we do. When I was out, for I gotta like, talk with your dad for like four days. Yeah, we gotta know about me. Like when I was on vacation for oh. those four days, he was like telling me like when I like when I went to go see him. He's like, yeah, they said you're doing this, 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 and this, and this. And I was like, I, so I think I, the one thing it does is it shows that we know enough about you that we can, we can make the correlation. I didn't easily. listen. So. Oh, of course I, you didn't. I was busy. My kid was sick. Is that um, what you're calling it? Well, he actually did get sick. It wasn't supposed to be the reason why I was off, but it actually kind of worked. I out. kept it a secret, but yeah, I thought I was if so, anybody no, was no, supposed no. to be doing that, it would be a perfect it job was, for it you. It was supposed to be a potty training four days, and then I ended up being uh, dealing with fevers and 
other stuff for days. It was True not, story that Joe still occasionally uses the mini potty oh. that he had JJ training on, but only in emergency situations. Uh, hey, uh, Matt McClung's back in the uh, uh, slam dunk contest. Just so I you told know. you it was coming. I the, told you it was going to happen. And in the most pathetic stat of all time, for the first time since 2017, Joel, an active NBA All-Star will participate in the dunk contest. First time since 2017. Please tell me it's Edwards. Jalen Brown. Uh, but, like, seriously, like, there hasn't been an active NBA All-Star in the dunk contest in kid, seven years? God, convince the kid to do it. He's like, had some of the biggest monsters throwdowns of the year. I think a lot of people, the reason why they don't want to do it is because they don't want to embarrass themselves like Jalen Green did. He really did. You know, that was funny the other day when we were talking about, and I said, would you guys be mad if Jalen turned into Stevie Francis? Right, and of course, Jeremy nitpicked it and said, but they play different. <laughs> they play different positions. I'm saying I'm not talking about that. I'm like caliber, kind of have that flicker of like a, a three or four year success span before it fizz, all fizzles out and goes away. Yeah, but when you think about it, Stevie showed really well in the dunk contest, and Jalen didn't. Yeah. Um, all right. So, is there a if there was a there are plenty of players this offseason. There's plenty of trade rumors going around, big names. Um, but is there a player, a Christian McCaffrey style trade? that you would like the Texans to make this offseason. Right away, 0724. There is no Christian McCaffrey-level player the Texans can get. Oh, you're wrong. You're Um, so wrong. Okay. I agree. There's probably not because... Oh, I disagree. I think Because you're going to name one player that fits into that category. Because Christian McCaffrey, to me is a top three running back in the NFL. But, but, well, you had to weigh a lot of the options in, right? You are right about that. But you also have to weigh into the fact that the reason why they didn't have to give up more was because he already signed a contract. Yeah. So he was making big dollars. Yeah. So like, and the, and the nice part about that is like you don't get the dead cap space. Like like the Panthers got stuck with all that dead cap space, and that's part of what goes into the trade. Zero eight three eight says since this is a hypothetical, you can't do prime players. No, they have to be this coming season. But I'm going to use the player zero eight three eight for my first player. That you suggested. So it actually was one of yours? It is. Now, okay. he's a is a good person. Probably not. But Alvin Kamara. Like, I'm not giving up as much as they gave up for McCaffrey. But, like, if you could get Alvin Kamara here, he still showed out as a very good running back. Did he? I thought so. Like, is he an elite running back? No. But, like, is he someone that, like, he's not Christian McCaffrey. Like, that's the first texture's point. He's not McCaffrey. But he is someone that you could acquire via trade that if for some reason you like him amongst the other free agents, you could bring him in and I would be good with. He's the only running back. So are we going to go list. back and forth or how are we going to do Yeah, this? we can go that. We can go back and so forth. So I, I have, truth be told, I had three receivers. Yeah, I've, I right. have two receivers, one running Yeah, back. I did not go running back. Kamara, to me, before we get off onto my first one, is the fact that I just don't know how much he's got left on the left in the tank. Kamara would be an ideal guy if he was a cap casualty or the Saints decided to move on from him that you pick up. At a, at a reasonable price, and he's a perfect fit. Regardless, he's got enough left as a receiver and a running back combo platter, and if he's not getting all the carries, that it's probably more conducive to both the team and the player. But I, I just don't know how much he's got left. Yeah, it's not. I'm not giving up a ton for him, but like it's just like I'm not giving up all like a ton of picks to to acquire Alvin Kamara. But he's someone that like I would be if he's available. Like I, I would be. My first one is DJ interested. Metcalf, and my first one is DJ Metcalf DK. Because, or DK Metcalf. Sorry. DK Metcalf, because of the fact that you don't know now with moving on from Pete Carroll with a very, very young head coach where you still have Geno Smith, 
but you're trying to figure out what you're going to be in your identity going forward. I could see Seattle, I could see Seattle trying to get out from under him. And he's the kind of guy that puts it all together for a guy like CJ Stroud. He's big, he's physical, he's fast, he high points footballs. He's damn good and and still got plenty left in the tank that I would love to see hit DK Metcalf in a Texans uniform. DK is an interesting one because like I I'm curious the direction of what the franchise is in Seattle. I don't like, know where they're going and I don't know how if they're going if they're trying to win now Geno Smith ain't it. Yeah, and then if they're trying to win now they're not trading DK Metcalf. But they also kind of feel like they might do a soft rebuild. We're like I don't I don't know if they're going to do they would do like a full on, on teardown. Like they have JSN, like you have Lockett who I'm not a like to me like but he, if JSN wants to keep ascending, yeah. another great reason to get rid of Metcalf. Metcalf. Yeah, I just I wouldn't I wouldn't be stunned if they moved on from Metcalf. There, those rumors were out there before he signed his contract. So like, I, and I his would contract not, wasn't outlandish. No, I that one would not surprise me if, if they moved on from DK Metcalf. No, I don't know because it's a new contract. What you're giving up? I think it was only three years. So uh, I, so I think he only has two years left on his deal. So my my first wide receiver. Uh, and I'm doing my my number one option, who I absolutely actually really want the Texans to trade for, who I think they likely could trade for this offseason. I'm gonna do last. Uh, my next one is Stephon Diggs. Like I, I wanted to find people that I thought could be on the market, and I think Diggs could be on the market. And I get it. Like I agree with th- that. there is attitude stuff there that people don't like. But frankly, like I don't think you would be happy if Josh Allen was throwing you the ball. Like he is one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in the NFL. I still like Josh Allen a lot. But just there are there are wide receivers where oftentimes it runs its course. The nice thing about Diggs is by the time it runs its course, he's probably gonna be ready to retire. So I'm good with Diggs. Now the problem with Diggs is you have to give him a new contract. That's the only flaw with that, him. That's the problem. That's the only flaw with Diggs, I think, is the biggest flaw at least, is that you'd have to give him a new contract. But okay. Diggs is someone that I would also like the Texans to at least explore and knock on the door and say, Are you available? I like the way we did this because you saved your best for last and I'm going front loaded with the f- best to first okay similar to the to digs in the fact that you're gonna have to pay him but the fact that you could have him for his foreseeable future putting justin jefferson in a lineup with cj stroud and the other receivers and the talent on this team is so freaking enticing i think this is an interesting one because some people are gonna i think hear that and go what are you talking about joel the history of organizations tell you stories. And the story of the Vikings organization is that they traded Randy Moss, they traded Chris Carter, and it wouldn't shock me. They traded Stephon Diggs. Like, it would not shock me if they trade Justin Jefferson. He wasn't happy with Cousins. Can I, he wasn't you? happy with the backups. Okay. Three first-round picks. I'm doing it. Hell yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it, and I know... That all of my receiver woes yeah. are solved, as though as the Rams would say, "F them picks." Yeah, like, I'm trading three for like if there was a world in which he was available, whatever you want, man. Like we're an open book, you take okay, it. Joe, it's take yours. it a step further. Let's also consider this: Dalvin Cook, bye. Kirk Cousins, yes. could walk. Like they're not doing anything to show you they want to continue to try and win or stay relevant. So why wouldn't they consider? If they do turn the page and want to rebuild, if they can get three ones and you get your receive your your wide receiver one for the next five years, win win. Yeah, look, I'm all in, all, all all in on if that was a possibility. All right, my next player, my last one here. Uh, this player is about to to get paid, so you'd have to pay him. However, the San Francisco 49ers do not have a lot of money, 
And they already paid Debo Samuel $20 million. This is not a Christian McCaffrey-level player. However, I do very much love Brandon Ayuk. He's tough. And I do not think they're going to have two $20 million million wide receivers. I also don't know if he would actually command that much. I think it'll be close. But I think Brandon Ayuk, to me, is a a new team from being one of the top wide receivers in the NFL. I think he has a special talent that can do a lot of really good things. And if you paired him with C.J. Stroud, I think he would be incredible. So to me, my number one guy I want the Texans to target this offseason via trade is Brandon Ayuk. So I like it. I like it from the simple fact that I think you, you could have a, he's available. I think that after the Super Bowl, the Niners have the challenge of a lifetime trying to juggle all the salaries they got to handle. All right, we are going to go to break. I got to cut you off because we got to go to break right now. You know what? We're not going to go to break. We're going to keep going for the next 10 minutes. We're going to take our next break at 42 because we have major, major, major breaking news. Oh, really? Jose Altuve has signed a five-year extension with the Houston Astros. Do we know numbers? It is done. I have not seen any numbers yet. John Heyman, Chandler Rome, they've all they've all reported it. Ari Alexander reports it is a five-year, $125 million contract. Jose Altuve is going to be it's a, a Houston Astro. Through 2029. We started our show today. Yeah, we did. Timeliness. With, Remember where you got that. Where, like, What are we doing here with Jose Altuve? Where is his contract? I don't like these reports. Then Jerome Solomon interviews Jim Crane. And Houston what, it Astros. happened in a break. And I said, Joe, time out. Yeah. They went from not having talks to su- or saying they haven't talked yet to suddenly Jerome reporting that they're talking. Yeah. Four minutes ago, the Houston Astros tweeted out, Jose Altuve will be an Astro for life. And a graphic. That's all they tweeted. I saw Junior Bronco saw. I'm like, what is this? I threw my hands up in the air. There are no details. Houston, but, you have your second baseman. You have your Mount Rushmore candidate one. You have the greatest Astro of all time. You have him locked up, and you saved $25 million because we were guesstimating that he was going to cost, or we were contemplating, if five, five and, and, and one, what, what, five and 150? Mm-hmm. The fact that you got five and 125, that is more than reasonable. You love this guy even more because he Tom Brady did. He probably could have gotten more on the open market. He didn't. He stayed true to his word. He wanted to be here. He wanted to finish his career year here. And now you're not going to have to watch Altuve in another uniform to really chap your ass the way Dream did in a Raptors uniform. This is absolutely phenomenal for this franchise and for, quite honestly, Jim Crane. Yep, this is absolutely incredible. The Astros just announced, just sent out their press release minutes ago. Uh, Astros Altuve agreed a multi-year contract extension. There will be a press conference tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Uh, uh, Joe Espada, Jose Altuve, and Scott Boris will be in attendance at Minute Maid Park. So the deal is done. And look, this is a this is this is incredible. Like the fact that like the speculation where we started the show today, the concerns were fair. Timing was fantastic. Like the timing was absolutely incredible. But look, twenty five million dollars a year for Jose Altuve. Is an absolute steal. This this is such a major thing. I I once again I give kudos to Jim Crane because when it seemed like he wouldn't spend and he was right there at the line, he said, "No, we're gonna go get the number one player 
in free agency that's out there not named Shohei Otani. He went and got Josh Hader. He went way over the luxury tax. Now he has given Jose Altuve a five-year, $125 million contract that keeps him a Houston Astro through 2029. Maybe they'll get Alex Bregman done. Like, I never thought. I was going to ask you, how do you think if Bregman hears this news, how does he feel? Where's my money? Does he feel like, okay, am I next, or are they done spending now and I'm out? It's it's bizarre. Well, because he's got Bor- Bor- he's a Boris guy too, right? Yes, he is. So if Boris is in town, well, whether you've had the conversations or not, and whether, again, one of the other things that Jerome reported that that he talked to Crane about is they're going to make an offer for said Alex Bregman, well, you no better time than the president. You got one of his two guys done. Boris is in town. Let's go to Vic and Anthony's. Let's work this out. Uh, Jeremy Bryan just texted us, bros. Did we talk it into existence? It sure feels like it. It really does. Uh, per Chandler Rome here, Jose Altuve's new contract has a $15 million signing bonus. It will pay him $30 million from 2025 to 2027. And listen to this. It will pay him $10 million a year in 2028 and 2029. It's everything that They've we could have asked for. They've loaded the hell out of this contract. It is an absolute dream scenario for both sides. He finishes career here. He gets fair market value. He does them an extra solid by not only taking less than he probably could have gotten, but he front loads the deal so that if he does have diminishing skills later in the deal, there isn't a massive pain for the return on investment you didn't get. This is phenomenal if you're an Astros fan. Yeah, I, I honestly like it's it's wild how much this has just changed in uh, the two hours that we started talking, like the show started, but even just since FanFest, like FanFest, like they say, like we haven't even had discussions yet. This is everything you possibly could have wanted. Uh, let's see, some text here. Zero zero six six. Altuve done made me cry on the way home. I think there's a lot of people who feel that way yeah. uh, right now. Four six six one. Any chance Tuve took less and says go sign Tuck and Bregman? I kind of hope so. Like uh, part of me still is hoping. That there is a Tucker extension uh, there for the Astros. I'm definitely Team Tucker over Team Bregman, not to bring the conversation down in this moment, but I would love to hear that he did that and they follow this up with Bregman or Tucker or something. Else. I was going to say, and let's do, let's do the the fallout in a positive way of what Altuve did. So instead of paying him big dollars towards the end of this contract, do you take the say said fifteen a year that you saved? And work that into two of the years of an extension for one of those two guys, probably Tucker before Bregman, but I don't know. Even if it's if it's Bregman, I don't think it's going to be a five-year deal for him. But if you could re-channel that money that you saved by him front-loading to make sure that, hey, totality of the contract, I got $30 million to play with here mm-hmm. down the road. How can I turn that into one of those two guys staying? Uh, 8745, no lie, guys. This news brought a tear to my eye. Uh, look, I mean, th- this is uh, 6455. Got goosebumps when you said it. Let's go with a bunch of O's at the end. Like th- this is con- so what I said. It's the absolute dream scenario for any Astros fan 100%. that loves this team. Because if you love this team, you love Jose Altuve. And you're going to get what you wanted from the jump, which was you never have to think about him in another uniform. Yep, 6955. Now there will be no doubt. Altuve will retire the greatest Astro of all time. To me, he's, he's already, already there. He's already there. I know I'm new to the city. I've been here for nine years. Um, but, I, I look, uh, you know, growing up for a team that watched a team in the 
in the NL Central, like Jose Altuve is the greatest Houston I'm not Astro taking anything about, away time. from Baggy or Bish. He's got two World all. Series. But what he did that they weren't able to do, both individually and, as you said, from a team perspective in the playoffs, puts him on a different shelf. Right, mm-hmm. I, like I, the only thing that he's missing are the two things he's probably going to attain. That is three thousand hits in the Hall of Fame. If he gets the three thousand hits like Biz did, if he gets to the Hall of Fame like they both did, how could you argue that that anybody other than Jose Altuve is the greatest Houston Astro ever? Honestly, I think it's such a low, it's too low of a bar for him. I don't, I, I don't know. Like if he gets the three thousand hits, uh, or even damn close, two World Series, three World Series, an MVP. Like he, to me, he's one of the greatest second basemen. Silver of all Sluggers time. batting titles, yeah. multiple batting titles. He he might be one of the greatest. I guess you could say offensive second baseman if you want to nitpick. But with the numbers he's put up offensively, he has to be one of the greatest second basemen in the history of the game. If all those things come to fruition, yeah, it, it is just it, it, this is a great day, a great day for the Houston Astros. Like uh, build a statue, hundred percent. Like he should have a statue in, in front of Minute Maid Park. He should be the first one that they have because he is to me. Like he, he is such an important figure to all of this, the dynasty, everything, like everything this franchise has been through since 2017, like whether it's like, you know, it's Harvey and then it's a sign stealing scandal and like all this stuff. Like he's always just been the face of this franchise that is it. Like they, they've run this town since 2017. Like this has become this was a football city that the Astros overtook and dominated because of how good they were. So I, I'm I'm incredibly impressed the fact that Houston that Houston Astros got this deal done because it is just an incredible incredible steal six six nine zero this means Tucker will be signed I don't know I, I can't say that. I don't I don't know but like I it, the thing is is like they went they went way over the CBT with Josh Hader they just locked up Jose Altuve to be under contract till he's th- till he's thirty nine years old at this point. Like, I feel like Kevin Garnett, and I want to scream anything is possible. See, this is why I kept saying, and I know Jeremy's so cut and dried about saying, at the end of the day, everybody wants their bag, and emotions aren't going to matter, and what you see and what you feel isn't going to play into this. I think with this team, it's different. I think that when you start talking about the fact that what Hayter said from an outsider looking in, and Abreu said it last year, I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be where they were instead of where all the other teams were watching not only the success, but the grit, the determination, the togetherness, the love that that literally Hater talked about, not just on the field, but in the clubhouse and off of it, how they had each other's backs, how it was a family setting. I think it matters. And I think that more so than maybe any other team in baseball right now, because it is so money-driven, you see players that if they've been a part of it, they don't want to leave it. If you see players that haven't been a part of it, they want in. And that's why it's such an amazing time to still be an Astros fan. Because the window obviously is not closing. And Crane's trying to do his best to make sure it doesn't. And maybe one, if not both of these guys, realizes, hey, I'm still going to be have money for more than several lifetimes. I'm still going to be okay. But being a part of baseball with these guys matters. The chance to continue to win and overcome what everybody thought we couldn't overcome and continue to, to build the legacy of this dynasty matters. And I ain't going anywhere. Yeah, it, it's it's fascinating to see like what, like how quickly this transpired. You know, the fact that Jim Crane was willing to go on the record because he doesn't do that often. Like so, he does this interview with Jerome in the Chronicle, and, and it, it it was outdated within an hour, like an hour and a half. Like it was so quick that Jim Crane was like I, he would not have said that to me if he wasn't close to getting the Altuve done. He's not going to put his neck out there. He's not Dana Brown who talks a lot and then doesn't get things done. So. 
I think like we can still have the discussion tomorrow about Click versus Brown. Mm-hmm. And even though most likely, like, but this Jim also Crane, plays into what you and I just talked about. Yeah. Crane is more the general manager than the general manager. He is, yeah. But it happened under Dana Brown's watch, so like he kind of gets the credit. Sure, he, gets, he gets partial credit. Yeah, he gets like he gets some of the credit, but it, it's absolutely incredible. This is the group project where you get the A, but you didn't do a whole hell of a lot to get the A. Yeah, definitely. in school, right? All right, uh, here's uh, Joel Blank. I am Joe George filling in for Jeremy Brandon. We're going to take our first break here. We'll talk a little bit about more about this on the other side, and then we will do our car wreck of the day. You can get your nominations in to seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Before we do that. Uh, the 48th annual Houston Fishing Show is coming to George R. Brown Convention Center from February 14th through Sunday the 18th. It's everything for the fishermen. All new rods, reels, and lures. What's wrong? Why are you staring at me like that? I just want to see if I could distract you. You and I can. Uh, there will also be continuous clinics by expert fishermen covering salt and freshwater fishing. If you love to fish or just want to learn about fishing, don't miss the 48th annual fishing show. Check out HoustonFishing.com. Caller number five wins a pair of tickets. Right now to 713-780-3776. Hey, guys, before we go to the break, I want to tell you about Daisy Dips. Look, Daisy Dips could save your Super Bowl party, or it could just make it a success no matter how the game goes. Daisy Dips, best dips in the business, and you don't have to do a darn thing but go to your grocery store, get to the dairy aisle, and grab you a few tubs of Daisy Dips. French onion and ranch. It can enhance everything that you're serving. Pizza, wings, chips, veggie dips, you name it. It'll make everything taste better. Your guests will love it. And no matter how the game turns out and if it was a good game or not, and if they were happy or unhappy about the results, they are going to love the fact that you put Daisy Dips on the table. Check them out today. Go to, go to your grocery store. You don't have to do any work. Just get the tubs, open them up, put them on the table with what you're serving, and you're going to be a hero in the minds of your guests today. Check them out today. Get some Daisy Dips. Welcome back, Houston. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. All right, final segment of the Killer Bees here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joe George, Joel Blank here with you. Uh, If you missed it, if you're living under a rock, Jose Altuve assigned a five-year, $125 million contract extension that will keep him with the Houston Astros until the end of the 2029 season. A couple different reports about the uh, the money being offered here. Um, I've seen one. Chandler said it was 30-30-30, uh, and then the final two were 10. Doesn't add up. Doesn't add up. So I think it's 30-30-30. In 2028, he'll make $25 million, and then in 2029, he'll make $10 million. Okay. So that math seems to make a little more sense, Still- I would say. The the only benefit was I was thinking if you got fifteen back a year in the final two years that you yeah. could repurpose it. Yeah, you, for sure. I mean, look, this is still like it, it's still look, a we, we massive, had someone on on, uh, on uh, YouTube say average twenty seven a year. We were averaging twenty five a year. Yeah, win. Like it, it's it's perfect. Uh, it, I like, just said to Donna on on the Twitch, it's a great day to be an Astros fan today. It absolutely is a great day to be an Astros fan because like the fact that we started our show. We're like, are you concerned with is Jose Altuve going to be an Astro long term, that he's going to get a deal done, that we haven't heard anything? 
that the only stuff we have heard is that there's been zero discussions. Mm-hmm. Like they, they literally, Dana Brown said, we've had no discussions. We went from Fan Fest and, and our lasting yeah. memory, which started our show today. Oh, wait. $15 million was a signing bonus. So Chandler's correct. That's right. So the, it is 10 and 10 the final two years. Okay. So that's yeah. where you make up the other money. Yes. But that's fine. Thank you, Texers, for correcting me on something I read on right, the air. But that's earlier. absolutely fine. So that's what I like even more because now back ended. You can use and repurpose the money that you didn't have to pay him those final two years of the deal mm-hmm. to conceivably stay with the window open trying to win no matter where he's at in his career. It's fantastic. But it's a great day to be an Astros fan because of the fact that the the, the number one player in the history of your franchise, the most beloved player, in, no matter how much you love the other guys, the most beloved player in Astros history. And he, you need not look further back than last year against the hated Texas Rangers with the fact that he hit that home run when he hit it against that team in the biggest setting of the World Series to give you a chance to win the World Series. He does it time and time again. He got screwed over by some social media blogger type that tried to point a finger incorrectly and create some technical genius of a doorbell under a jersey that he got blamed for and overcame that too. Everybody comes to his defense. And on the baseball field, you don't need to. Now you have one of the greatest second basemen in history never wearing another jersey, and you keep the window open to keep winning, and it's so vital across the board. Yeah, and look, and you know what's so interesting about this too is it almost like dispels some of the um, some of the Scott Boris stuff that's been out there. Like Bregman's deal is pretty fair. Altuve's both of his deals have been very fair. Uh, Lance McCullers' deal we thought was going to be fair, but then he started getting hurt. John Heyman just tweeted this out. Jose Altuve is the first second baseman in Major League Baseball history to reach $300 million in career earnings. Well, Robbie Cano tried. He, he just, tried. I mean, he just took money out of his own pocket by putting a lot of extra stuff in his body. That um, also could be like a semantics thing where like he was a DH at some point true. in his career for like Altuve's been primary second base. True. Like you could almost try to argue Mookie Betson now is going to be a primary second baseman, but most of his contract, he but was a right fielder. Yeah. So, um, look, this it was absolutely incredible. Um, before, any final thoughts on the Altuve deal before we do the car wreck of the day? I don't know because I don't think that I think the car wreck of the day uh, are, is anybody that thought that this wasn't going to get done. So us? No, we. I don't think I ever said that it wasn't going to get done. I just was under the premonition and the the promise, so to speak, of both sides working together so that he never wears another uniform. And obviously, we we also were obligated to face the the uh, to face the discussion of. What about on the other side if he doesn't want to be fan fr- or team friendly? What if he wants to get makeup for what like Springer? What if he did all those things? So it was a great conversation to have. It was the unbelievable. I don't think anybody else did it in the city. And it set the table for how, from where we started to how we finished a full circle moment because you listened to this station and listened to the show. All right, let's get to our car wreck of the day brought to you by carwrecktexas.com. This is the Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. All right, our Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com on the Killer Bees. You can send your nominations here to 713-780-3776. If you got them, Joel, it's a day that ends in Y. Do you know what that means? Yes, that means that Alex nominated you. Uh, Alex said I nominated myself. I mean, I didn't say also that I, I thought the two-day deal would get done, but I did get nominated. Four. Uh, 3338. 
fairly nominates me again. A car wreck is Joe trying to make a read while he gets easily distracted. I tested the waters and the waters were me. not safe. You got me. It, it, you got me good. Okay. Um, so I'd like to I'd like to turn the page. I'd like to nominate Joe because of the fact that right before the show he I tried know, to sweep under the rug and somewhat quietly say that we were right, he was wrong, he should have sent the email to us to let us know that there would be a fire drill continuously in the final half hour of the show, but to make it worse, he also was adamant about the fact that he would not apologize Never. for said mistake, which he made, and it was solely on his shoulders. That's a double car wreck of the day. I mean, I, le- I, I literally made a show promo where I basically let you guys dog on me, and I, I'm using it as advertisement for our show. I think it's and you think that supersedes an apology, which would mean that you actually completely 100% understand that, one, you made the mistake, you put our lives no, in jeopardy. Oh, it was a test! We don't know that. We don't know that because we didn't get any email that said it was a test. So we're thinking, as Jeremy adequately put yesterday, we were thinking about, do we have to pack up our stuff? Do I we know. have to leave? And I, like, we don't know what you know, so we're thinking, and we had undue stress okay. upon us, and you decide that's not good enough to apologize. I understand why it, it triggered Jeremy so much. Because, You've been there and done that before. Well, actually, literally the three. Me yeah, and him, you guys yeah. did 19 flights of stairs. Yep, it was not great. Uh, yeah, me, Beard, and uh, Brandon. Don't change the subject. The subject is you should be apologizing. You know what? I apologize to you. Oh, you're not going to apologize to Jeremy? Hell no, I'm not apologizing to Jeremy. I love this even more. I accept your apology. That's all I needed. I would never apologize to Jeremy. Okay, you don't get two car wrecks now. You just get one. Fine. Uh, You guys are so mean. How is that mean? No, that Twitch. Oh. Uh, Joe, Junior Broncos says Joe yells bomb on a plant. That's not true. Uh, Dr. Dre, Joe is a doormat. He's a what? A doormat. You guys oh, wow. walk all over me. I don't think that's fair. Wait a minute. Time out. I don't think you guys walk all over no, me. No, you open a gate, and you have a plate full of a massive plate full of great food, and you say, hey, come this way. Walk on in. It makes it easy to walk in. We're not stepping on you. We're accepting your invitation yeah. to do what we need to do. Um, I also like to nominate the... Uh, I hate Monday night for the Super Bowl week. I think that media stuff they do is is ridiculously corny and dumb. Um, the Packers fan, did you see this? No. I'm going to nominate this random Packers fan who had a media pass who literally went up to George Kittle and said, I'm a Packers fan. Please don't ever sign with the Bears. That's it, stupid. It was weird. And then George Kittle had to be like, dude, I'm literally a Bears fan. Is like, he really? Yeah, I think he grew up in I don't know where he, he grew He went up. to Iowa, didn't he? Yeah, but like Iowans... Don't have anything to really to root for. Yeah, so they're most kind of, of our, on the fence. They either most Packers of Bears, or Bears. Yeah, most of them are yeah. Bears fans. Like, it just depends on what part of Iowa you yeah, live in. I have a lot of buddies from Iowa that are Packer fans. Yeah, it was just it was very awkward, including Matt Bullard. All right, that does it for us. All right, the Killer Bees are what over. Wins? You, of course, I win. I mean, it's almost daily. Uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna rebrand the segment, the Joe of the day. It's not bad, <laughs> the Joe of the day. Uh, tomorrow at uh, one, it eliminates you from contention because you already true. accept it. If it's the Joe of the day, Joe shouldn't win the Joe of the day. The reason why it's the Joe of the day is because Joe's done it so many times. All right, that does it for us. He's Jer- he's oh, Whoa! there's for tomorrow. He's Joe Blank. He's on Twitter at Pacman Joel. I'm Joe George on Twitter at Joe George Radio. Jeremy Branham on Twitter at Jeremy Branham. He'll be back tomorrow. Abigail, thank you. You're on Twitter. You, I can't remember it. It's it's your last name. Abig something and then she's a bunch been working of, for you for how? Here's another car wreck no, of the day. It's a terrible Twitter handle. Bro, and then that's it's like, crazy. But you don't even know her last name. You even told me to make one. I don't know how to pronounce your last name. That's the problem. 
Huang. It's Hong. Hong. <laughs> Goodbye. We're not doing that. How do you Max. own this segment? <laughs> Goodbye. See you tomorrow at three. ESPN 97.5.com. Tyler.